This is the Moshpit Backstage Podcast for punk, metal and rock interviews and segments. Tesseract are a progressive metal band from England since their debut album One in 2011. They, along with bands like Periphery, helped usher in a new wave of progressive metal. Since then, they have been at the forefront of the metal music scene. They're now back with their fourth album, Sonda, which is due out on the 20th of April via K-Scope Records. For this interview, I'm joined by the band's vocalist, Dan. Dan, how are you? Uh, honestly, um... I'm probably working at around about 70% today. But yeah, other than that, I'm doing, I'm doing fine. So same I'm, with... All my pistons aren't firing, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm slightly ill today, so uh, I'm trying my best to be upbeat for you. <laughs> yes, same, same here. So get this, um, it's currently 10.40 in the evening here in Melbourne, but I thought that my interview was at 10.40 this morning, so I've gone in on the train. I've gotten about 40 minutes in on my train ride. I'm messaging the guy who's helping set up the interview um, today, and um, my producer was reading the emails back and forth, and he goes, you do know it's at 10.40 at night, right? And I've gone, you're kidding, aren't you? And he goes, yeah, I felt like such an idiot. But anyway, I guess that makes two of us. <laughs> oh, never mind, dude. Well, we're here now. Bless you. That's a long day. The new album's called Sonder. The word Sonder isn't even in the dictionary. Where does it come from? Does it explain any sort of concept behind the album? Yeah, absolutely. It, it kind of explains the whole idea behind the album. Um, I mean, Sonder, like you say, it is an official word as such. It's a, it's a coined word by a, a man called John Koenig, who created the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. Mm. And he's kind of, for me, he, he's really, he, he's one of the very few people that are at the forefront of linguistic progression. So it's, it's neologism, which is the creation of new words to explain emotions and feelings that we all feel but just can't pin down. In essence, um, Sonder is really about the perspective that we can sometimes have when we're surrounded by lots of other people and we realise that those people that are passing by are living equally as vivid and as complex lives as our own. So it does kind of um, pull us away from that selfish way of living. I think it's a great perspective to have to realise that, you know, we are not the only ones around. Even though we have issues and very complex things that are happening, we're not alone. So we're kind of part of a bigger story, if you like. How was it recording the album? What's the process like when you guys get together and record? Is it very hands-on? Like, who do you guys usually work with? It's, it's a very hands-on process, um, but we, we all work very separately. And we're all spread out across the UK. Um, we have primarily one songwriter in terms of the music, and that is our lead guitarist, Ackle. Ackle mm. Koenig. He's the main instigator. He's the one that created Tesseract in the first right. But this time around on Sonder, it's the first time where we've all contributed musical ideas to the record um, besides myself. I mean, I, I just did the lyrics and the vocals. But, um, for example, James, the other guitarist, he wrote certain sections in the song King. Our front of house engineer and second producer contributed to songs like Luminary and in fact he's got samples and backing tracks throughout the whole album so he's, he's contributed quite heavily as well Amos wrote certain parts of the music and Jay contributed you know drums so yeah it's been a really cohesive process for once whereas in the past it's been primarily Ackle as the driving force I've been very fortunate enough to be able to listen to the album ahead of time and sort of I guess it's been a running theme since your debut album 
the guitar parts aren't really super technical. I guess it's the timing that's really technical, a polyrhythmic sort of style that you play in. I'm just wondering, how does that affect yeah. you writing or phrasing your vocals? Sometimes it can be quite difficult. I mean, if Ackle sends over quite a complex idea, sometimes it can take me up to a week to really fully understand what's going on and create a vocal idea that fits or fits as well as it could do. And now the problem with the way that we write is it's very much about piecing ideas together. So imagine making a jigsaw out of sound, a sonic jigsaw if you if you like. So some sometimes I can be spending a long time writing a, vo a vocal idea and then at the last minute the music will change completely and there'll be another equally impossible idea to kind of write to. So it's, mm -hmm. it, it can be very difficult for me. Sometimes on the flip side it can be very easy. Uh, I can listen to an idea and get ideas instantly and I think that just that kind of behavior comes from experience really. The more mm. The more time you spend with, with complex music, the more you, you get a feel for it. So where do you usually fall into the songwriting process? Do you come in with the lyrics and say, hey, guys, I've got this? Or do you wait for Ackle and the rest of the guys to really make the music and then sort of start wrapping your head around the complexity and go in from that? Uh, primarily, yeah. Again, this album's been quite different where from the outset we've, we've had perhaps maybe an album and a half's worth of little seeds mm. or small ideas that are like a one minute to a minute and half long and I've been quite proactive in writing vocals to them so as the songs have progressed they've had a, a foundation if you like mm. um, which has really helped to kind of make it sound more cohesive this, this time but in the past you're right yes it's been very much a case of being handed instrumentals and working from those you guys are releasing the album through K-Scope Records, a label that has the likes of Stephen Wilson on it. You moved over to them in 2015. What's the relationship with the label been like? Yeah, fantastic. Uh, for me, it's the first time I've been signed to a label and had a real personal relationship with the people that work there. Not mm -hmm. just, you know, the main people behind the scenes, but everybody everyone on the team from, from people that are working in video to graphics to PR to the bigger things. They're w wonderful people and they do share the same vision that we have in terms of growing the band and that, you know, they've been very creative in the way that they wanted to package products and market them. So for us, it's been a breath of fresh air and they're very relaxed, you know, they're, they're very much about the art, giving the artist freedom to do what they want to do, which again is not totally unheard of, but it's kind of rare in, in some ways. So yeah, we're very happy. Uh, we've got a few more albums uh, that we're hoping to put out with them, so we, we hope that the relationship continues. You guys have been lucky enough to tour the world. You've been lucky enough to come here a few times and to make a living off it. With the way the music industry is and artists not making much off selling their music or streaming their music, I certainly know Misha from Periphery talked about it a lot. How much does the band make off touring? You know, is it sustainable? Do you, I I'm not, don't mean to get too personal, but do you guys make much money off it? Do you lose some money? Is it a struggle getting out on the road or is it easier than it has been before? Oh, it's, it's, it's definitely a growing business. I mean, I kind of agree and disagree with um, with people like Misha saying these kind of things online. I mean, you, you it's all about perspective. Mm. Everyone's circumstances are different. How much do you want to earn and how much do you want to live by? That's the ultimate yeah. question because you can quite easily make a living out of doing a band. Your lifestyle would have to reflect what, what you earn <laughs> and, how, and how comfortable you want to be. So it's all about personal needs. 
Tesseract, yeah, it's a great, it's a growing business, and we're doing fine. If we go on tour, then we all come back with enough money to be comfortable, and we're selling more and more records every album release. And I think if you're clever and you budget well and you make the right sound financial decisions and you have mm. the right business behind your band, then you're going to succeed. It's not just about the music; it's about the people you work with. You have to find the right team, and that can be quite difficult. You know, people are limited half the time with you know relationships. But we've we've been around a long time. And we've seen steady growth. And the future is definitely bright for Tesseract. You know, we've, we're now stable in our relationships. It's my third album with the band. It's the second mm. album being back in the band since it's leaving. Yeah, and we're already thinking about the following album, I guess. Even though we haven't started campaigning this one, you know, we have a long-term goal and it's, it's getting better. You appear in many different musical projects. You've been in other such um, great progressive bands like Sky Harbour. Um, you also run your own vocal teaching business. How do you manage your schedule between that and being in Tesseract? It's difficult, I'll be honest, but if, you, if you're proactive and you're organised, it can work. I am, I, the, I'm currently neither of those. Mm. <laughs> um, but um, when, when I am, it, it mm. seems to work fine. You've just, just got to be careful and you've got to make sure that you're constantly mot- motivated and inspired. So I have to find creative ways of, of keeping in that frame of mind. Um, Tesseract takes up a hell of a lot of time but Mm. on the flip side there's also a lot of downtime so you've got to make sure that you're proactive in the times that you have free and um, and it's also out of necessity I mean I've I've learned over the past you know 10 years or so to kind of sustain a comfortable lifestyle for music and how to kind of be comfortable not just off the band and that's just being careful that's just being clever you know you can't just put all your eggs in one basket when you're doing this game Mm. because there's so many risks involved it can be up and down and trying to find some consistency in your income is is very important so like developing the vocal coaching business is what i do pretty much every other day i'm always teaching people i'm very reachable i'm very different Mm. to a lot of other artists out there i try and break the mold a little bit in terms of being approachable um i personally feel that um it's an illusion that is created by a lot of mm. artists you know trying to make themselves un- untouchable and therefore creating some kind of deityism <laughs> yeah. they're perceived but uh, it's like I, I i'm i'm totally the opposite of that to be honest with you and that's kind of out of necessity in some respects and i've kind of learned to survive that way and that's kind of reflective in the other projects that i do as well not just to you know make extra income but also to keep the creative energy flowing and um, and also to kind of develop my skills you know that's part of who i am as an artist is and and, and with tesseract as well is we're evolving and i think that's what that's what's kept alive over the years you know it's just being creative and making keeping people on their toes like a tesseract fan is never going to know what's going to come next and I, I like to reflect that in the way that i sing so you've been in the industry for a while now what's one mistake that you see a lot of younger bands or other bands making that they shouldn't be um, I mean, speaking from experience, I would say not riding things out. I wouldn't necessarily say that, that I jumped ship too early when I left Tesseract because it was a, there were a number of different factors why I left. Mm-hmm. But I, w- I would say if, if, if you're going to be in a metal or a rock band and you want to have a career out of it, it's definitely a, long, a long-term goal. It's very rare to be you know, an overnight success anymore. You've got to work mm-hmm. very hard at it for, for, for many years. People seem to want everything Sweet. all the time and like you know you, you you have to work very hard at it that's that, 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 that's that's all i would say on that dan thank you very much tesseract's new album sonder is due out on the 20th of april uh yet again thanks thank you as always and hopefully see you down under soon great talking see you later man
Thanks for listening to the Moshpit Backstage Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Omni. To find out more about the show, go to www.syn.org.au slash moshpit. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash moshpitonsin and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at moshpitsin. The regular Moshpit radio show broadcasts punk, rock and metal tunes and interviews every Thursday nights on Sin 9.7 on FM and digital radios. Listeners outside of Melbourne, Australia can stream Sin 9.7 online at www.syn.org.au. Thanks to Vintage Ruin for the music. Hi, this is Tomato from Flash God Apocalypse. Hi, I'm Enid from Girls Go. I am Phoebe Pinnock from Heaven the Axe. Hey, this is Jerry Olmey of the Misfits. Hey, this is Kat Sproul from Horizon's Edge, and you're listening to The Moth Pit on Sin FM. Hi, this is Aina from Leopard. Hi, I'm Virginia Lilly from the band Lilly. This is Raoul from 1349. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ali from Eberhead. Hey everybody, this is Charlie Benante with Anthrax, and you are listening to the Mosh Pit on Tips.